0: Thanks for having me, man. Dude, absolutely. Tell the people
1: where you're coming out of today. Um, I'm currently in Michigan, my hometown, Rochester. I live in Texas. and so I'm kind of in between a move right now and just hanging
0: out, hanging out up north. The weather's nice and I was hanging with family and friends. It is nice up there in the summer, man. I was just up in Chicago for the summer and it's yeah. nice. And what part of Texas, by the way? Uh, Fort Worth is going to be my new home. Oh, okay. So that's interesting. That's actually the exact county, uh Tarrant County that I'm actually operating out <laughs> of right now. So okay. yeah, we'll get oh. into that later. But um I'll just tell the people how I found you, man. I saw your um, I don't even know, I don't even think it was an ad, I think it was just a post of yours. Yeah. It was like the a million a million a million, milli. like you're just like busting down contracts, dude. Like it was uh it was like notes receivable, right? Yeah, so yeah. and it was like over like a million bucks in notes receivable. I was like, I gotta get this guy on the podcast, right? So, um, tell the people a little bit about that because that is one reason that I love the land business a lot is the fact of notes receivable. So,
1: yeah. So I buy and sell land. A lot of my stuff, most of my sales is on uh, owner financing. So we create notes and we receive uh, money over time. So the video you referenced was me. Uh, with my stack of promissory notes and uh, warranty deed with vendor liens, and kind of just slapping them out on the table, and uh, it's funny, it's since grown by a million actually since yeah. then because I closed a another deal and sold all the land off.
0: So another one,
1: uh, it's not 1.5; it's now 2.5. Wow! Um, but golf class, I mean, I I love I, <laughs> I love I love the the passive income and the notes receivable. You know, obviously, you can buy a piece of land and sell it for cash, or you can buy it and sell it for 500 a month for 120 months or whatever you want. So it's all just, uh, all just paper. And that's the crazy part about
0: it. And uh, I don't know, it's fun. <laughs> so I mean, I think no, well, to your point, you know, I think this is where a lot of people, very few people understand this, right? Owner financing, creative finance, I've been learning about creative finance until I was 16. So like, I'm like, there's no kind uh, of, you know, deal, I wouldn't, you know, be able to formulate, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like, once you understand creative finance, it's, it's. I mean, it's kind of like magic, right? I mean, right, I mean, what we're, for example, right? Buying a property, you know, from somebody who's owner financing it to you, that's one of the best ways to buy property, right? Yeah, it's certainly. a guy like yeah. you that says, ah, just, you know, put two grand down and send me 500 bucks a month for the next five, seven years and it's yours you know what I mean? Or to, you know, in other situations, right, you can even negotiate that even further and say, you know, hey, you know, I want, I want 0% down and I want zero payments for the first six months, but we're going to get you, you know, above asking price and, you know, make those payments nice for you.
1: And yeah, I mean, that's one thing that's so awesome about it is you can get as creative as you want. And once you understand uh, the owner financing and note game, I mean, you can buy notes, you can sell notes, you can do Wraparound notes, financing, right. the financings, I mean, the, the possibilities. Right,
0: are, you do, do, you do you the old wraparound mortgage, yeah. yeah. Are, no, those are illegal in a lot of places now.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what I've been doing a lot with um, with land here recently okay. in Texas. Is like, right, get an owner financing from someone selling to me, give them, you know, 50000 down and a couple hundred thousand over five to ten years, and then just go ahead and subdivide it and sell it off to my customers on notes and do wraparound notes and the Yield annual return goes up through the roof when you do that. That is creative
0: finance. Yep. I love that, man. That's beautiful, man. That is a beautiful thing because I feel like if creative finance was something that was taught in schools and, and people understood that they could go out and create deals like that, you know, we'd live in a different place. Well,
1: shoot, dude, you're lucky you i have learned it since uh, a young age. I didn't get started until I was like 24. So <laughs> that
0: doesn't mean I did anything with it. <laughs> <That's why. laughs> You know, I started regret. learning it when I was like 16, right? My dad, I'll, you know, I'll give you this one real quick. We've told it on the podcast before, but right. I'm in the, on the first vacation I've ever taken with my dad. And we're about to crack the first Corona in the Virgin islands together. You know, first beer we've ever had together. Right. And <laughs> you know, and he goes, he goes, and he goes, son, right. He's from Texas. Right. We're from Houston. He goes, son, if you got a thousand units at a thousand a month, that's a million dollars a month and you can have it managed and you'll keep half. I was like, what? Like, what? Like you could do that, right? I had, I was 16, bro. I didn't, I didn't know nothing. I knew less than nothing. And so that kind of got the wheels turning. And again, I mean, dude, just, you know, when you're that, I mean, at least for me, man, I mean, you know, you don't know. how being, Being
1: exposed to that stuff, uh, at the youngest age possible is, in my opinion, really key. I mean, uh, having a mentor if it's family or someone else that you're learning from uh, the younger, the better. That's my biggest regret is I wish I would've started sooner.
0: Yeah. and I did. I wish I started sooner. You know, I did, uh, you know, I did six deals in Orlando, uh, you know, single family homes, you know, landlord, Airbnb host thing two years. And then I just, Fell in love with the land business because it's so automatable. Like I'm sure you're not going and looking. Are you going and seeing any of your deals in person? Only the huge ones, like the big ones. I
1: want to get out there. Like if I'm forking over three hundred, five hundred thousand dollars on a piece of land, or you know, it's ten thousand an acre, and I'm buying eighty acres. It's like I want to get out there and take drone photos and get my feet on it. But otherwise. Yeah, but anywhere. otherwise, like starting off, like when I was doing, uh, you know, 2,000, 5,000, even $10,000 purchases on, you know, 20 acres in Texas or whatever, it's like, i just pull up Google Earth, uh, do some simple research in the county, uh, maybe, maybe hire someone to get out there and take pics or something like that for 100 bucks. But I mean, that's pretty extreme. Most of it's just look at it on GIS or Google Earth and make sure there's access and make sure you know the area and boom, pretty much it.
0: So that was one thing that just made me so excited about it is I was like, you know, I can, I can essentially automate the mailers. I can ass- automate the the lead inbound flow, right? Fielding the leads. I can essentially, you know, I'll probably do the comps myself and make the offers myself and then send those out and negotiate with the, them myself. But once I got it listed, right, I can just, you know, send it over to the VA house. They get it listed on 15 different sites for me. And I'm just thinking,
1: oh, so how do you do it? You got, it. it sounds like a lot of VAs and just kind of like a lot of automation going like.
0: Yeah, that was my big thing, right? Cause like I'm a day trading coach, right? So I run the traveling traders and we yeah, all saw that. trade together every morning and that's a lot of fun. So that's really my main focus. And then this is something I just believe it can be run. If I believe that if I run it properly, I really shouldn't spend more than like two hours a day on it. Yeah,
1: no. I mean, you can definitely do that. I've I've always been along the mindset of like I'm making every phone call, I'm doing every transaction, every day. I mean, it it can be a lot of work at times. Paying yeah, off, but that's what that's what allowed me to grow so quickly, I think. And I mean, really being in the weeds and the dirt. But uh, I'm to the point where I'm gonna need like uh, some sophisticated team here, like a uh, some someone with knowledge of accounting, someone with knowledge of like. Admin work and all that type of stuff. Just because it's getting it's getting out of control, and like
0: I've gone way past the point where like I need to hire someone. Like it's been okay, yeah, I've been okay. past that point. Yeah, <laughs> man, we got to get you an acquisitions manager like ASAP, and then we got to get you a dispositions manager ASAP, and then you're, you're basically covered because they'll be the ones that actually interface with your VA house for you, so you don't actually have to do that. So, yeah, man, I'm happy to help with all that, dude. That's that's super good stuff. I mean. You know how they say, you know, you want to be the, be a millionaire, right? Surround yourself with five millionaires and you'll be the sixth, you know? Just one thing I got going on in my life, dude, is like, you know, I meet with a guy on Mondays that, you know, his agency is doing 180 bills a month, right? 180 grand a month, right? I meet with Alex Becker, right? Tuesdays and Fridays, you know, he's making you know 400 grand a month. Right. and I can ask him like any question the bug and what. Right. And then my land coach, right. He does about a hundred deals a year. Right. So I meet with that group as a group call, you know, like tonight, Tuesday night. And then, you know, Wednesday, I have a, uh, the guy, the managerial guy for the guy on Monday, I meet with him on Wednesday and they give me like the game plan for like, right. We make sure we got like the execution plan. And then Thursdays are like, oh, I, I usually talk to my therapist and tell them about how fucking much my mentors are assholes. You know, it's like, I oh, fucking, man, they're so fucking mean, you know. Dude, what like, do you, what do you like more? Of? Because it's interesting. I used to be
1: heavy into day trading as well. And I used to, uh, Tim Sykes was my boy. Um, I love Sykes. I love Grittani, all those guys, like all those hardcore traders, and I mean, I was pretty into like, that was my first passion. But then yeah. I found land and no real estate. Shit. Yeah, yeah. So I found land and real estate. I haven't traded since um, late 2016, which is when I started my land company. Because wow. I mean, I just love land. I love deals, What I do. And it just doesn't, I know trading can be stressful, obviously. And it's not just trading. It's a lot of work. You're studying, you're looking at charts, you're you know, journaling. Is is,
0: and you're exactly right, dude. Which is why <laughs> I developed the one minute method. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not, my, I'm not taking a trade that lasts longer than a minute because, like you said, it's stressful. I'm I'm not, dude. I'm I'm trying to be done as soon as the time rings to the bell and closing my laptop on oh, done with my day. What, so what do you, what do you think? Trading or land? What is, well, I what, think what it's a think? matter of time. I think if you can, you know, flip the same dollar 20 times, you should, no matter this, you know, so I look at it as one business. I actually look at it like, okay, let me, you know, trade, right. Let me go, you know, do it, you know, small account like my clients would, for example, like my clients, right. They start with like a $2,000 account. They traded up to three or sorry, uh, five. five. Right. So they got three bills they didn't have before. They're going to take that three grand, dump that in the marketing money. Now they got deals. Right. So they just turn that same two grand into, you know, say they do, you know, they get, you know, out of three thousand dollars worth of mailers. They probably get one deal. Yeah. They get one deal out of three thousand bucks in mailers. Yeah, I mean, I would think more than that. I would think. Yeah, exactly. You think probably more than that. Exactly. Yeah. So, but we're saying only one, right? So they, okay. So you, you get the point, right? So you took the two, you made three, you took the three, and you probably, I mean, you made at least 10, you know, if you put, like, you, see, you get at least so, right? So, and because, right? So the trading can be done in less than, like, it, it never takes a fucking hour a day to do it. And then the the land business can be managed in two hours a day. I mean, you got two big businesses managed right into fucking like three hours a day. I, I see us. I, I follow you and I can definitely tell that you are
1: a um, lean operating machine or try to be You like time management, all that stuff, which is awesome. Um, something that we can all get better at for sure. Um but yeah I mean I love it if you have two things that you enjoy you're good at and you you want to crush I mean why not
0: that's cool man it, it's, it's it's so cool right to you know talk to other people in the industry because I, I think I, I got like like besides like my coach and that community dude I got like one other boy doing it you know, that, you know. so what kind what kind of
1: land deals are you doing you you mentioned Tarrant so, County
0: like yeah, I. That's my one that I primarily like right now. Um, I have a parcel under contract for four seventy five. You're gonna love this. Get this shit. I got a parcel right. for, under contract for four seventy five from a little old lady who just wants her money, and um, that was back in like June. And um, it's an acre of commercial multifamily land right basically in like the hood of like downtown Dallas like you know Dallas and you know like where the stadium is it's like right in there okay uh, so dude we we do we bang the phones bang the phones dude I'm, call, bro, I'm calling people that like in their bio it's like has closed over 250 million dollars in deals and I'm like calling this fucker <laughs> like, it's just like getting these people on the phone dude and like I'm having people that are like, it, you know, they're active in Dallas. So they're like, dude, we they're like, we got seven active projects right now, and we don't want to touch. We like we don't want to touch it, and we don't care what the price is. And I'm like, oh no, <laughs> oh no, right? Because I did put down three grand in earnest money to lock it up. This lady was stubborn. She was so stubborn. But yeah, I knew that's not bad done. though. Nice. Nah, that's still not bad. I was like, I was like, you know what? I will lose. I think mean, it was like thirty-three dollars a day for the chance to market this deal for what we believe it's worth about seven hundred. A couple of months go by, we get an offer for six hundred. Ladies like, "Yeah, I want to build a daycare there." I'm like, all right, build a daycare, there <laughs> give us the six hundred <laughs> grand, and she fucking. Um, we have to get a special use permit, which is standard. But apparently, you know, something, something with the zoning takes like two to four months or, or sorry, four to six months to do. And um, so I literally am going to call the, the, the seller, you know, the lady today and just say, hey, like, look, if you don't let us help you with this, like, you're never going to get your money. Like, I, I literally, I've talked to like, a, at least one realtor that had previously had this property listed with this same lady. And they Dude, look,
1: we can, we can, I'm sure you can rant on realtors for that. I mean, that's one thing that I, I just absolutely, they're good people. Obviously I just, I think they're shitty at what they do. Like, let's be honest. Like I rip on them all day on Instagram. I mean, they can't sell a property, especially land houses.
0: Oh, different no. story.
1: I think there's something about it. I, what do you think? What do you think it is where they just, they stink at selling land? I mean, I have
0: my theories, but Oh man, I'm gonna sound like an asshole. Um, <laughs> bro, it's like they're just not typically like a players per se. Like they're not necessarily Like they're not like really go. Like bro, anybody that's in the real estate industry that's a real go getter sees the fucking dumbassery of being a realtor. So anybody that's like really understands fucking numbers and like input output like. Yeah, Not kind of. Like, why?
1: Why are you representing someone else's interest for a small percentage when you could be like you're doing, even like getting them under contract, kind of wholesaling, playing, you know, doing all kinds of different things or forking up capital of your own? I mean, yeah, I think they there's some of that. They also, I think, land is just it's it's diff- it's hard to it can be hard to market and you need to get uh, creative. And they just they stink at marketing. Let's be honest. They don't use any social media. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, think, I think there's just less incentive because it's just it takes it can take a long time to sell. Whereas houses, I mean, they're getting their commission and they're just ripping one after another, one listing after another. You got a piece of land that sits on the market for two months, six months, whatever. It's like it's not really worth
0: it for them to put in effort. Yeah, I, I heard uh, from one of my first mentors. He said, I think he says, on like 80% of all realtors, like make zero, like zero. Yeah, it's it's terrible man but let's talk about was that your video i think it was that i saw this you were like you were out on a piece of property and you were showing i think you showed like the terrible fucking listing some realtor did and you're like yeah i'm gonna fucking buy it for that and sell it like or some shit tell tell the people
1: yeah yeah so that i think what you're referring to is like my real estate sign critiques i love going out and just seeing these signs that these realtors put out there and then i shred them and of course they they put a roadside sign and they just do a simple listing on lands of America or some other land website with horrible photos. You know, maybe they got four or five Google earths or just like an iPhone photo with like the finger covering the camera type deal. And it's just like, you know, here's this 80 acre piece of land for 300 grand. our roadside sign is tipped over and we got four photos and uh, half of them are blurry type thing. And it's just like, it gets to the point where nobody is seeing that listing. Um, it's uh, sitting there for six months, a year with no offers and waiting for someone like me who happens to see it and knows that, hey, this is worth a lot more. You can do owner financing on it. You can split it up and sell it off in pieces. And I mean, it just creates a huge opportunity. It's like the biggest arbitrage that I see right now is finding these pieces that have been sitting for four months, six months, a year. They're not getting any offers. Boom. I come in, offer owner financing because why would they not take it? Their piece is getting zero offers. I mean, they would rather take owner financing than beg for cash up front. They're never going to get it. Um, and then I come in and do the wraparound note or sell it off on owner financing to my customers and move it really quickly, and kind of just—I uh, mean, it's just rinse and repeat almost. But it's—it's yeah, yeah. it's just the biggest opportunity that I see today. I mean, they put out a roadside sign, and you're sometimes they don't even put it on uh, any of these land websites. It's like I don't know how they're going to find any leads. Pe- people are driving by their sign, but they can't see it or it's tipped over, and it's just been sitting there. So I mean, I. I don't get it.
0: Know, they don't right? want to sell it apparently. Yeah, I know they, they, they don't like money. They don't like money, you know? Um, that's that's super interesting, man. One thing I was going to ask you is, um, so what, dude, my, I, I had like three fucking thoughts at the same time. <laughs> okay, well let's hear about uh, Fuck it, but I want to ask this guy, I want to ask this guy if, um, oh, in terms of building your buyers list, okay. So I'm working with my acquisitions manager right now on building buyers list. So okay. I'm curious, you know, you say, you know, turn around, sell it to your customers. You know, I would imagine, you know, you're doing some, you know, you have maybe even a, 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 a loss leader, a loss leader magnet, you know, or you have some kind of good lander and you, know, you probably send them a fucking... Okay. you know, a newsletter or some shit, what are you doing? Like, how do you, you know, what are you doing for your buyer's list? Because, you know, I believe that's one of the most important parts of the real estate business is if you have a strong buyer's list and you can turn and, you know, hit that list with what they want and really serve them, you know, you can start doing deals a lot faster. So my buyer's list is kind of
1: broken into two separate areas. I think, um, First off, I don't know about any of the shit that you just mentioned. I know MailChimp, that's what I use. And, what what? I and that's where my email list is. So I have an email list full of buyers on MailChimp. And then I would say my second area is Facebook. I have a business page and I do a lot of marketing and ads on Facebook, which I think is the most pivotal place. You need to be geo-targeting on Facebook to your area that you're selling and you need to have creative content. You can't just post, here's this piece of land for sale, Google earth image, whatever you need something like the stuff I do with the notes, like crazy music, crazy, uh, locations. Like I'll do pictures of me droning land. I'll do, uh, pictures of me like standing on my car, like doing donuts, whatever. And then run ads geo-targeted Like here's this land for sale to get people's attention And what you you end up doing is building almost like two buyers lists. Your first one is like your traditional email list, which you can scrape email leads from Facebook and people who are interested, convert them over to your list. Or uh, the second area is just your Facebook page. You know, you build up thousands of followers on your Facebook page and those people are specifically following you for land. And then when you get a piece of land, you can geo target and you can run ads to your followers on your page. So that's two things I do. So everyone who follows me on my page sees when I'm posting something, I'll boost it uh, or run an ad to my page and my followers. So they all see it. Um, So really two buyers lists I have, which now composes, I don't know, probably four or 5,000 people. Mm -hmm. And pretty much all those people are seeing when I have a new piece of land for sale. So, I mean, on top of Facebook, which is really the main thing I use. The email list is almost, uh, it's yeah, there, just in case Facebook goes away. But I still, get, I still get sales from it, but it's mainly if like Facebook decides like to ban me or it goes away or the government shuts it down, whatever they're gonna do. Um, but uh, Facebook is where it's at. And so two buyers lists, I think those are the two most important and just creative content and running ads to them, uh, just 50 to a couple hundred bucks, per post, you know, I'll run 50, hundred, 200 bucks, uh, adds to a post or to a listing and boom, I mean,
0: probably two different areas. uh, Yeah. By about the time two, 3000 people see it. Man, this last deal I had
1: was, um, 80 acres that I, was 79.6. So I, I needed, I couldn't do 10 or I couldn't do eight, 10 acre lots. I needed to do seven lots. I had to keep it over 10 acre lots. So I had seven lots, and uh, the total note receivable was 1.1 million. Each lot went for uh, you know over 150 thousand over ten years. So it was 1.1 million from ten, from eight different lots, seven different lots, 1.1 million, and those seven lots sold in three days. I had it posted. I marketed. I ran probably about 250 dollars to ads in it and did some free <laughs> posts and stuff. 250 bucks and I got Uh, just blown away with people messaging me hitting me up and they sold in three days and I was up in Michigan I couldn't even meet anyone so they literally said uh I I told them like hey like I can't show I never show my land first of all we we don't show our land and I couldn't meet them in person to give them any documents I was like hey I got a down payment link you know if you want this land give me the down payment it's 1250 bucks and I'll email you the paperwork and Seven people trusted me enough to do that in three days and
0: it was $1.1 million in notes. So a question I would have for you on that then is you know, your ability to to determine credit worthiness, right? Like, okay, that's fine. You know, you got twelve hundred mm-hmm. bucks down on what did you get, what what one percent down? I do very low down payments. I could definitely so ask I, for more. I understand that. Yeah, yeah, but I like to keep and them I, low. Yeah, and I, I get you. Got to, you know. You, you know, people buy for the payments, right? They're not buying because they see the price. They're buying because they know they can make the monthly payments work. Yep. Um, and you're just, you know, you're cool with that payment, and you believe, you know, I'd imagine. I mean, you know, I'd imagine their monthly payments. Like, if, if the down payment was twelve hundred, their monthly payment can't.
1: Is it even five? Yeah, down payment. Down payment. I like to usually keep the same as my payment, so it was twelve fifty
0: down and twelve fifty a month for one hundred twenty months. Oh. Um, because yeah, if you know they can do it, the down payment, then they can probably do. Yeah, and also, obviously, the lower you have your
1: down payment, the bigger your buyer pool is. I mean, you jack, you know, say you want 5000 or 10000 down, I mean, less people can afford that. And so... What's, what's beautiful, and I think what you're getting at with the credit worthiness is, do you check credit? You know, how do you know? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's not something I do. It's something I could do, um, but I'm not worried about it because... If they don't pay me, i take the land back and just do it again. It sells so quickly. It's like, it's just a cash generating machine. So by the yeah. time I take it back, it sells again in a day. If they don't pay me and something you may look into and everyone may look into, if you're not aware of this yeah, in Texas is the deed in lieu of foreclosure. I don't know if you've heard of that document. Yes. I mean, that? I've heard of it. What is that? So this is like my, probably my favorite document. Um, so I've actually never had to foreclose anyone at the courthouse in three years of doing this because that document allows you to just file that, that document and take the title back. So you got a deed of trust, and warranty deed with vendors lien you record. I get them to sign this upfront up front and hold it. And if they don't pay me, then I will you know, send them notices like a traditional foreclosure, uh, try and work something out with them, bug them a little bit, and then, you know, two months goes by and then boom, the deed in lieu of foreclosures off to the courthouse. I take the land back and sell it again to someone who wants it and will hopefully pay me.
0: <laughs> yeah. So have you played around with that at all? I mean, you know, the creative finance guy I and mean, I'm like, you know, have you fucking played around with that at all? With what? The terms, right? Like trying to get maybe a little more down or, you know, the, the time yeah. things, have you found like a, a specific sweet spot? I have
1: played around with it and it's really a pro and con in the fact that the way I do it makes it really hard if I want to sell my notes. So if I want to sell my note to an investor or there's companies out there like First National or whoever they are who buy notes and you know they want to see, you know, 10% down, good credit, they're gonna check the buyer's mm-hmm. credit. So everything I don't do. So it hurts me to be asking for such a low amount of down payment. If I want to go sell that note to someone down the line and take the cash out. Um, But I'm able to sell them so, so quick and I don't really have a super need to unload notes like that. Uh, So Mm -hmm. I have played around with it uh, to answer your question. Obviously the lower you go, the quicker it sells. I find if you get like above the 5,000 mark where I work in Texas and in Texas in general, I mean, over 5,000, it's really hard for someone to just write a $5,000 right. check or give you 5k down. I mean, I think one, the 2,500, 1,000 to 2,500 1, 2, is probably your sweet spot on like a larger, more expensive piece for a down payment. Cause just about everyone can afford it. But I mean, as, as I'm sure, you know, most Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. They don't have the money in the bank. I mean, for them to go, give you 5,000 down, it's like, shoot, at that point, they might as well just go to the bank and try and get traditional lending and give them, you know, ten twenty thousand $20,000 down and pay a whole lot less uh, to me. So I think 5,000 is really pushing it for the stuff I do down payment wise.
0: So let me ask you this. Yeah. What did you say? It was like 2.5 in notes receivable now?
1: Yeah, that's what it's gonna be a little bit over. It's been a couple of weeks since I've looked at it, but with this new deal and that the stuff coming in, I mean, yeah, it's gonna be over two point five.
0: But it, but but that's if they pay, and that's you know, but in it, that's not in the form that you could do anything with. I mean, it's 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 essentially just. Paper, like you said, it's not anything you can, like it's not really an asset yet at that point, right? You got to season the note, right? You've heard, you heard, you know, I'm sure you know, you got to season the note. Well, yes and no,
1: I agree with you. But I think that there are plenty of investors. I've actually, I've done it multiple times, Um, actually found investors on Instagram, just through ads and posts I'm running who are willing to buy notes who are, you know, six to 12 months, into the notes so six to 12 months, uh, mature. And I, I do hear you with, um, is it an asset? I mean, not all of those are marketable notes. I would not feel comfortable selling all of those to an investor. If I'm selling a note Mm -hmm. to an investor, I want it to be top notch, good payer, good land. So probably 30, call it a third to a half, 33 to 50% of those are, I think, marketable. And then the other half is I'm going to be stuck holding those notes and, you know, hopefully they pay me out over time. If they don't, I'm going to resell it for the same amount. Um, cause I like to think I buy good land that sells really quickly. And I, you know, that's my, pretty much my main criteria is can I sell this land? Uh, <laughs> it's going to sell really quickly if they stop paying me resell it, but I wouldn't feel comfortable necessarily marketing it to you to buy the note for me. Um, So probably, you know, let's call it 33% of that is, you know, I could offload it today and take cash out and other 66, I'll be, you know, those are just my notes. I'm going
0: to be collecting payments for probably decades. (laughs) Yeah, that's excellent, man. That's the part of the land business nobody sees, right? Is on the back end of it, you know, we season the note for six to 12 months and you turn around and... Are you yeah. selling it for more than the value of the note, or are you selling it like less? So, than the value? Yeah.
1: how that works is typically I give thirty percent annual return to an investor. So, um, whatever that works out to be. Let's say the note is hundred thousand dollar. The principal on it's hundred k. Um, it's going to be discounted. I'll probably get sixty or sixty five k for it. Um, which yields them 30% per year as they're, my payer is paying them out. So it's just, I pull out the spreadsheet, I type in 30%, see what discount is applied to the note. They give me that cash. They get the asset in the note. The person starts paying them and they are receiving monthly payments for however long the note was and it equates to 30% annual return for them. I love creative finance, man.
0: <laughs> That's fine. Mean, it's, so
1: great, great. it's great for an investor. Like if you were buying notes for me, I mean, your typical person, I don't think, uh, I don't really know anyone who's getting thirty percent in the stock market or doing rentals or anything like that. So it's like, you want to buy a good asset under undervalued and receive great return. I mean, you come give me cash.
0: And <laughs> to, add to, point, to add to his point, if you have a hundred thousand dollars. And you make 30% on it year in and year out. And you reinvest that 30% in the hundred grand over and over again every year for 30 years. In 30 years, you have a billion dollars. Damn, is that much? Yeah. Yeah, you only need to make 30% a year. Every year for 30 years, you have a billion dollars. So well, now everybody like, I think Warren Buffett's made 20% per year for however long he's
1: been doing it. And I mean, he's uh, he's come out all right at 20%. So Got a couple
0: billions. Got a few <laughs> billions. So yeah, buy this guy's notes, man. I mean, where else are you gonna get thirty percent?
1: Huh? Yeah. I mean, I'm that's something I'm looking more into. And as my brand grows and stuff on social media, I mean, I'm getting more and more people who are interested in doing that. I think there is obviously a huge trust factor there. I mean, you have to trust me to be selling you a good quality note. Obviously, my reputation's on the line. I don't. I'm not sure my brand, to be honest, has grown quite to that point yet. I'm in the beginning stages, but I mean, I think one day I would, you know, just imagine Grant Cardone or someone trying to sell you an apartment. I mean, of course you're, I mean, it's Uncle G. You're going to buy whatever you're selling. I mean, eventually your brand grows to a point where people get extremely comfortable and it's like, okay, this guy knows his stuff and well, it's not there yet, but
0: one day. That is that is the that is the goal, man. And, you know, the one of the, the, documented best ways to do that is to just put yourself out there you know get on podcast you know let people hear from you you know so that's what we're here doing today man shooting the shit dude that's crazy i just
1: posted that one video of me stacking up my notes and i probably got 10 dms from you and a couple other people and it's like just from posting a stupid little video that took me you know five minutes to make it's like uh, the power of social media has really gotten pretty insane. It's scary. That's how it happens.
0: That's how it happens man. Well, Hey, John, thank you so much for doing this. My brother it has been an absolute pleasure, man. Where can the people find you? I'll probably refer him to IG just at John
1: Jasniak, my first and last name uh, company is jazz land J A Z L A N D. That's a playoff. My last name, kind of a childhood nickname. So, I mean, if you look up either one of those two, you'll, You'll find me and what I'm doing. All right, guys.
0: Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Go get this man a follow. Stay tuned for the next episode.